Pitt at Large, I'm Leonard Lopate. I suspect most of us will be glad to see 2020 come to an end. To close out the year on a lighter note, we have invited our favorite word mavens, the brother and sister team of Catherine and Ross Petras, back to our show. Their most recent book is Awkward, spelled A-W-K-W-O-R-D, Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And like their other books on language, that doesn't mean what you think it means and you're saying it wrong. It's published by 10 Speed Press. Uh, the uh, the Petruses also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. If you have any questions about word usage or pronunciation for Kathy and Ross, we are inviting you to call us at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Kathy and Ross, welcome back to our show. It's always fun to talk with you. And it's always fun to talk to you. The uh, New York Times just published a list of the 20 phrases that define 2020, including blurs day, quarantine pods, doom scrolling. I suspect they're not going to last past this this pandemic. Uh, some others that I've seen quarantine, quarantini, well, maybe contactless delivery. Um, <laughs> what do you think? I think a lot of them are not going to last. I think they're very much uh, a sign of the times or of, of, of there's got to be a word here. I think there are certain words that are going to stick around, but like doom scrolling, I think that we're not going to, I hope, be doom scrolling that much longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them, like contact tracing and social distancing, had already existed before the pandemic. But, um, yeah, but it, well, go ahead. But it really hasn't entered into, they have existed, but they haven't really entered into our psyches until now. Kat and I were talking the other day about a while back, we wrote on the difference between epidemic, pandemic, outbreak, et cetera, et cetera. And I really only had a vague idea, and I thought I never would really understand the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic. And now, by God, I really do. Certain <laughs> words are like around, but boy, do we know them now. Well, pandemic, of course, has the word panic in it, so uh, <laughs> it's easy to remember that way. Then there were some that are obvious, like super spreader event. I can't imagine using that in the future, but it was quite clear what that meant. What about PPE? That's a good one, because I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think I know exactly what it means. <laughs> it's one of the, I mean, I say it glibly. What, do you know, Ross, exactly what the acronym is? Personal Protective Equipment. Oh, of course. Duh. I, I pictured a mask, but I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> it's more than just the mask. Right. I think, though, that's the problem with a lot of neologisms. You just say the word so glibly, like I just said, because you hear it all the time and you don't stop for a second. It's just sort of like, you know what I mean? It blurbs out, so to speak. One word I'm kind of getting tired of hearing is uh, unprecedented. Do you, do you think that might be retired as uh, as this unprecedented year finally ends? <laughs> I hope so. But I think I'm getting ready for a lot more unprecedented, so I don't know. Interestingly enough, unprecedented was chosen um, by Dictionary.com. Everybody does a, a, a word of the year list, every mm -hmm. dictionary company, et cetera. And that was their People's Choice Award. Apparently, most people said that they thought that should be the word of the year. They picked pandemic. But um, the people, the great unwashed.
thought unprecedented, and I'm I'm actually sick of unprecedented myself. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, some people would say that that has a political meaning, unprecedented, but that's a whole other matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or a good matter. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> We've also been hearing a lot about pandemic fatigue and, and Zoom fatigue. Uh, uh, there's just so many. That, Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's Zoom. Zooming has entered my vocabulary, and I yeah. have a bad case of Zoom fatigue. I think that's going to stay with us, though. I think Zoom is unfortunately for better or not here to stay. Sure, because we'll be having Zoom meetings, whether uh, we have a pandemic or not. We'll have Zoom parties with with uh, relatives who live or friends who live far away. So um, I, it seems to me a, a lot of the Zoom meetings also require having some kind of alcoholic beverage by your side. <laughs> There's got to be a neologism about that as opposed to just quarantine. There must be another for, for I, mean, I have a case of wine sitting in my dining room right now that, that's waiting. <laughs> covered rye whiskey, which I'd never basically tasted that much. Now I love it, so better watch <laughs> out. You mentioned uh, dictionaries choosing words of the year. One of them chose lockdown as its word of the year. That was an interesting one because, um, first of all, we all use it, but Ross and I got interested in the etymology of lockdown, and we found that it actually started from a, a, a not very I was going to say not very precedent, but that's not the word. It's in my head now. Something that doesn't seem that obvious. It actually was um, uh, something that that held together, like a peg that held uh, the logs in a raft together. Ah. So you wouldn't think of... Excuse me, Ross? Oh, no, I'm saying it's it's an all-American word, which was really interesting to us, too. It was a 19th century American logging, which I don't know if that was utterly fascinating. Yeah, it didn't start being used the way we use it. At first it was used as the way we use it for prisons and hospitals. Um, And then I think it wasn't until like the 70s or something that it was used like the way we're currently using it. Well, I want to get into words like that in just a moment. But uh, a reminder to our listeners, if you have a favorite word or phrase that is coming to use this year, uh, or if you just want to talk to... The, the Petruses about uh, language. Again, the number to call is 212-209-2877. On one of our previous shows, we talked about homonyms and homophones, words that either sound alike but are spelled differently or look alike but are pronounced differently. But lately, I've been worrying about words like lockdown uh, that are pronounced the same but have two or more completely different meanings. Is there a name for that kind of word? Oh, you're going to stump me, and I know I should know this. There is. Um, crap. Well, oh, Ross. I don't think crap is the word. Um, no. But <laughs> but crap is one of those words that has two meanings. <laughs> <laughs> one of the technical words heterophone. It's a word that has different pronunciation and meaning from another word but the same spelling. So, no, but I'm, not t- I'm talking about words like race which is pronounced exactly the same. It can mean ethnicity or, or a speed contest or, or game, which can be used to describe certain kinds of meat or organized play, or you can say, I'm game. They, they, these are words that... That's what they call homographs? Yeah, that would be like bear being a... a or bearing up with something. Is that what you're talking about? 
I always get confused as to the overlap, Ross. Because there's one. Because what is it when it's B E A R and B A R E? Those are homonyms, but isn't there? Are they homophones? I get confused with the difference between homophone, hetero, homonym, and on homograph. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna be, now, go ahead. Homophone are two of our words that sound the same, but they have different spellings. Homonyms are two of our words that are spelled the same and sound the same. This is what Leonard's talking about, but have different meanings. Words like like roll, season, train, story, trip. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, I, I, once I started thinking about it, I kept the list just kept on growing. All of those words have two or three different meanings and pronounce exactly the same. Exactly, bark, the outer covering of a tree. Yeah. Or bark is. Arf. I mean, we have a lot of those. Fly an insect. And, fly flying in the sky. High fly, fly ball. Story, which can be a tale or of the floor of a building. Season, which can mean a period of time or, or adding flavorings to a cooked dish. A roll, which can be a piece of bread or, uh, uh, or a verb describing a, a turning motion. I can go on and on and on. There are so many. I wonder how many there are estimated to be in English, but there must be thousands. But then right. also, if you throw in heteronyms, the ones that are spelled the same... Hmm. And have different meanings, but sound different. Tear and tear, lead and lead. Um, um, I, I, now my mind blanked. Those, uh, those throw those in too, and you, you get you just get baffled. I can't imagine er, learning English as a second language. It just I, it must be astounding. Do you think that well, this is something that is unique to English because we borrow so many words from other languages? It's not unique to English, but I think English has uh, an amazing a plethora of that type of thing. But other languages do, of course, borrow words. Other languages have homonyms as well. I mean, I'm familiar with some. I'm trying to think of them automatically in French or something, but they definitely do. But English is much richer in those. Let's say, it, let's put it that way. Can I throw out some more? Sure. Bank, a financial institution or a river bank. Train, a form of transportation or a verb meaning to teach or to study. Write, which can mean correct. It can mean an entitlement or a direction. Trip, which means to stumble or just a, a, a journey. Bill, which can be a, a duck's bill, a dollar bill, an invoice. <laughs> Row, which can be a, a line or a verb for, for, um, for powering a boat. State, which can be to, to say something or uh, I happen to live in New York State. And we can go on. Case, start, general, set, down, crew, bus. Sign, rock, rent, part, host, quarters, pan, fast, sock, ball, pick, rank, deer, box, miss. <laughs> it's dizzying. <laughs> All of those words have two or three different meanings. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I, actually, I just thought about it. French does have them, too, of course. Because, mm. like, we have uh, um, hate, what the... Moor and Moor, Blackberry and Wall. But I pronounce French so badly, I, I think we're all <laughs> to the French people when they hear me talk. <laughs> but French has a lot, too. I'm just thinking of that. So maybe because English and French have so much in common, I wonder about German, because German is obviously the, the first basis of the English language, whether it does as well. I don't, I don't know German well enough. 
to know, but I bet it does. Well, maybe some I'm of our at, listeners know. Yeah, that would be interesting. Hmm. Again, I'm inviting, I know that uh, people are all excited about words and they love calling in during your shows. I don't know if we have any calls coming in because the technology here is a little difficult. But again, the phone number is 212-209-2877 if you want to talk about words uh, and uh, the, the, the wonderful language that we have. I think that this, this suggests a richness, don't you? Oh, by all means. English has a lot more words per concept than most languages, which makes other la learning other languages sometimes a lot easier and more fun. I mean, English has the, the Norman influence. We have, like, pig and pork, mm -hmm. cow, cattle meat or beef. You know, I mean, we have all of yes. those. And they that's, that's the German to the French. The old Germanic basis, Anglo-Saxon yeah. basis, than the Norman basis, yeah, yeah. which came in. And so we have simple English, which is, tends to be more Anglo-Saxon, and more complex English, which tends to be tends French to in origin or through that, you know, from Latin and Greek, too. Which is where you get so many of our strange spellings. I mean, one thing that often comes up, people um, talk about, like, why is a word spelled a certain way and pronounced another way? And the one that always is mentioned is uh, colonel, C-O-L-O-N-E-L. -O -O mm. I mean, where do you get colonel out of that? I mean, K-E-R-N-E-L makes so much more sense. Sure. But, um, and, and again, it's all because of these, like, different influences on the language. And the other one, Ross and I were always fascinated by as kids, is the word um, controller, C-O-M-P-T-R-O-L-L-E-R. Right. I mean, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's baffling. You look at that. Well, it must have been comp at one point. Do you yeah, think it must have been comp controller? Um, well, actually, actually it's friend. more of a backstation. People looked at the word and thought what you thought, that it were related to uh, the French word comp for, a, you know, account. And then they mm -hmm. put the MP back in. It was originally, it actually originally comes from uh, a word contraroulé, which is uh, not related to the comp, but they kind of chucked it back in, and then people started pronouncing it as it was spelled. And I think I was certainly guilty of that when uh, growing up with our dad. I think with either a controller or he knew someone who was, and I always thought it was comptroller. Yeah. And I pronounced it that way with Dad, too. Didn't you, Kath, or not? Yeah, definitely. Well, I still remember, because that was when I worked back in the old days at Channel 5, and there was the, the, the local New York City elections, and there was always, like, the comptroller race, <laughs> as I called it, was huge, you know? And, yeah, no, I don't know when I learned it was controller, but it's still, but, but now people are pronouncing it comp. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have a feeling that's one of those words that is going to slowly become uh, comptroller since it's spelled that way. Because it's just too ridiculous. My guests are Kathy and Ross Petrus. Uh, we're talking about the language with them, as we do on a regular basis here at uh, London Located at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM. And we are taking calls from our listeners at the number 212-209-2877. How about going to a few calls? Sure. Okay. BAI, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Go ahead. Um, thank you for the show. I truly enjoyed this show. I stumbled upon it a couple of times, and this is great. But one of the words for this year that I find very interesting and applicable or applicable <laughs> program. 
we have your program, we have the, the program, your radio, or as I like to think more now, that people are being programmed. Mm-hmm. And another one in more related to you, and I want to thank you for it. I heard um, a caller talk about his salary, and it startled me. Then I said that goes exactly with his name, low paid. <laughs> oh, 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 you know about WBAI, do you? <laughs> but thank you for that. Thank you, because you bring some very interesting things to the airways, and it's a pleasure having you on this station. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank and you for, for calling. Program. Thank you so much for calling. Is there anything you want to add to that? With his with the, the concept of program because I'm, I'm just I was just wondering when did we start using program obviously programming a computer or whatever mm. had to be later because we didn't have computers but I was just curious where that stemmed from that mm. was I was I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find it now and I can't I don't see anything do you know Ross when because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be a logical application precisely and I'm, I'm well, wondering I know program was used in music I mean it was used as an, you know a, a performance. Yes. Yes. As a notice of something, but how well, did we get there? But there's also pro. Isn't there programmatic music? Yeah, there is. This is just interesting. Now I'm <laughs> I'm intrigued. Well, it comes from the Greek, which is uh, prographene, which means to write publicly. So I think mm-hmm. program would come from like your your making computer write publicly or something like that. I would guess. Uh, well, program notes. Yeah, I just oh, guess you're writing a program for the computer, causing, so that way, yeah. Causing it to be automatically regulated to write in a certain way. So, so how do tr- how do we wind up with a radio program? Well, you're going to well, make things confusing, Leonard. <laughs> it is graphene. It's you're basically publicly saying something. In effect, you're writing it, but they didn't have radio in those days. At least, I don't think the Greeks did. Yeah, the, it, it is there. It's publicly doing something. I call it radio show. Well, sometimes they're like interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we take another call? WBAI, you're on the air. Lady, how about the word penultimate? Happy holidays. Penultimate. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is uh, this is actually the ultimate show of of this year for us. But yeah, penultimate when that suddenly that became a very popular word. Uh, has that, that been around a long our, time? That's yeah, one of our pet peeve words. Uh Because penultimate is like the last syllable in a word. No, it's not the last. It's the next to the next last. to last. Yes. Although, what would be the penultimate month of the year? November. 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 All right, Lenny, you and your family have a great Christmas. Okay. Well, that's. I hope that's not the the penultimate call we get. Uh, <laughs> A reminder: the number is two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. If you want to talk language. And by the way, you don't have to stick to the things we've been discussing. If there is any uh, things about language that you're curious about, uh, why don't you talk to my guests, Kathy Petrus and, and Ross Petrus. Uh, again, the number 212-209-2877. BAI, you're on the air. 
Yes, hello. Happy holidays to everybody. Hi. Hi. I, I'm fortunate enough to get through. I had asked this question during a previous show. It's a issue with me. The constant use of the word multiple. I mean, I only used yes. to use that in math, math class, and now it's yes. everywhere. You don't hear several. You don't hear numerous. You hear multiple this, multiple that, and it's just, what's going on? <laughs> You're right. You do hear multiple all the time now. You're absolutely. We were talking about that actually on a podcast that's going to be upcoming, um, words that everyone started using, sort of like jargon, like puff words that fill in everything. Multiple we should have included, Ross. It didn't occur to me. One that we were noticing also is situation and uh, solution seem to be used constantly. And it's, it's like I can't figure out how they suddenly catch on and it becomes every other word is that. But in the One case of, the of multiple, the there are. Last... Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. That maybe it comes from like the overuse of business and finance terms, commodity terms, and I think multiple then kind of migrates from being a finance word into like the general population. But multiple has. There are all sorts of very reasonable words you can use instead of multiple. It almost sounds like a. It sounds a bit pretentious to me. Instead of saying many or a lot. That's something we've noticed a lot is, is there's a tendency, I think, for people to try to sound really smart or, or, or sort of highfalutin, if you will. And they chuck in these words that actually, I feel, makes them sound worse. I agree with you. Why say multiple? You can say many or a lot. Mm -hmm. There's no reason. I think it is just part of a lot of times. I think it's just part of that. Now I sound you know, more clever. Or they think. Yeah, right. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> okay, let's take another call because we have multiple callers on the line. <laughs> BAI, you're on the air. Mr. Lopate, how are you? I am well so far. <laughs> yeah, so so every Saturday, I guess on, on the other um the other station, I, I learned so much because they have those two shows, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and um, Way With Words. And it's like, how did the host come up with the these... um? These questions, man, because I can't even answer. I can't even answer. I don't think I've answered none of their um their word quizzes accurately. <laughs> An example? I can't think of one right now. But mm -hmm. one, but one of the words that's being used now, because I, you know, I was always better in math in school than English, is the word exponentially. And mm -hmm. if you really think about it, it has a, it can be very scary uh, when dealing with numbers. Because I, I read a lot of, I go on YouTube, I watch like you know numbers involved in the universe and stuff, stuff that we that's just beyond our scale of comprehension. The word exponent exponentially is, especially in the pandemic, what's going on now, is that just the amount of people is getting more and more infected. The ratio is so much larger now than it was back in March. And that's what I mean, exp, 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 exponential, exp, exponential mm -hmm. is repeated multiplication. Multi, multiplication is already intense when you go a step further Exponents, and then you have pentation and tetration, which is repeat exponentiation. This is really interesting what you're talking about, though, because you're right. The word exponentially, aside from what it actually means, which is frightening, gives you it. It, it ends up being almost a loaded word. I think it, it, it triggers you. It's a sort of like oh my god feeling, even though it's legitimately used. So in a funny way, it has more of a meaning. Do you know what I mean? Are you still there, caller? Okay, he hung up. So, 
uh, uh, he can't answer that question. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I'm hearing exponentially more and more is people saying, you know, you know, you know, as every fourth phrase in a sentence. And uh, I start shouting at the TV, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> My father used to go I mean. crazy with me for that. I used to say, you know what I mean, which is even more <laughs> annoying. He said, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, but the, you, that, that, merges, that merges two of them, you know, and I mean. I was precocious. And Kathy also goes, to be honest, thank. I do. I honest. do do that. <laughs> so I hope you are, but whatever. But for example, I, I know I've mentioned this before, it uh, really annoys me when I'm watching one of the, the shows on television and a guest is asked a question and they, and they answer, I mean. Well, I mean seems to me to be a clarification. If you're starting off a sentence with a clarification, what are you clarifying? Oh, you're completely correct. But those words, to be fair, really are placeholders. They don't really, I mean, you're not really saying I mean. You're just filling the space in, which is always interesting because I'm guilty of doing using placeholders myself. And I always admire people who don't need them. I noticed I was listening to um, Ocasio-Cortez the other day, on a, and she was talking extemporaneously, and she did not once falter. She did not have any uh, uh, e, I mean, yes. I was like. really impressed. Like was I was thinking of you. I'm, I chuck them in all the time. I'm not sure I say I mean, though. I say, yeah, no. We were talking about that one. I say, yeah, no, which means nothing. To well, start always... something. Go ahead. I was going to say, because, yeah, no, starting, and I mean, too. I think a lot of times you're just using it as a sound to say, I am now going to make my point. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, gosh, I was really going to say that. <laughs> Stop myself in mid, you know what I mean. <laughs> and then, of course, there's idiot, I mean, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, gosh. I... <laughs> Sorry. I have I love... to go now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Let, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Leonard, that's like when people say, well, to be honest with you, uh -huh. up until now you haven't been honest. <laughs> but yes. But my question is the word anyway, one word or two words or both? Anyway, one question or two words, excuse me, one word or two words, it's one word. When you're it's using it, well, if you're saying you can go any way you'd like, that would be two words. But if you're saying a blah blah blah, blah anyway, uh, you know what I mean, anyway, I'm going to go there, it's one word. And well, it's never about, any ways with an S, which, about, which is a very common thing these days. People say any ways instead of any way. Is there any way I could help you? Is that two words? Two words. Any way I could help you. That would be, Ross, that would be two words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two words. Word. Yeah, it's wrong, any way. Yeah. Any way, any way I can help you is, that would be, any way is one word, and then any way I can help you, you know, is a question. Different. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to ask, caller? No, that, that was, to be honest with you, that's the only question I had. Okay, well, thank you so much for calling. And you are listening to 
Leonard Lopate at large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. I say either, you say neither, and I say neither, either, either, and either, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potato. You like tomato, I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. It's a really great song, but does anybody say potato? My... <laughs> I hope not. But tomato now. I actually yes. did know someone who said tomato. Well, it's, it drove the the, crazy. it's a and British pronunciation. Yeah, but she was from New York. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. There's no reason for that tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but still, well, I guess it was witty at the same time. <laughs> well, let me tell my uh, listeners who my guests are. They're Kathy Petrus and Ross Petrus, uh, and uh, they've written a number of books on language. The most recent one is Awkward uh, Moments, a, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know, and they spell awkward, A-W-K-W-O-R-D. Uh, they also have written That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, and You're Saying It Wrong, all of them published by 10 Speed Press. And uh, I suggest that you check out their podcast, which is called you're saying it wrong, and we invite you to, to join the conversation our, here. Our number is 212-209-2877. On one of your recent podcasts, you looked at words that can have both negative and positive connotations, like nice, pretty, and cute. Is that process similar to what we're talking about? Well, it's, called, it's basically the idea really there is that words are always changing, there's no such thing as correct English in the sense that um, this, is, this is how English is frozen in stone. Words change and meanings change. And our point was one of the, one of the ways things is called pejoration when words start out good and go bad. And then it's, it's called amelioration when words start out um, okay and go better. So it's just like people. Some people go good, some people go bad. Well, for example, we have that's a nice state of affairs. Obviously, uh, nice is being used sarcastically there. Oh, precise. That, that actually gets to another aspect, too. Sometimes the word can have... Pejoration means the word starts out good and then goes bad. But a lot of times we have words that have simultaneously good and bad meanings depending on the tone and how you're saying it. And you're right. In that yeah, that's case, the problem with, with the, the Internet, actually, I think, and texting, is you can't hear, you don't hear intonation. I think that makes a difference. Going back but to if nice, somebody so writes, stop being cute, is, you know what they mean. Yeah, you, yeah, you can know. But I was going to say, the thing that's fascinating to me about nice is nice initially was um, a pretty negative. It meant um, foolish or ignorant. And now we yeah, use so, it so differently. I mean, it didn't get to where we have it as nice, as nice, nice, meaning a nice thing, until about uh, the 1700s, I think. So, I mean, it's a fascinating, like, if you watch the, how the word changed or the usage of it changed, it's, it's pretty interesting. Should we go to another call? Yes. Okay, WBAI, you're on the air. Yes, you should go to another call. Hello. 
Hi. I have actually spoken to you guys before, but I have something totally different. I do want to insert quickly, though. The Nice was a rock band in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, uh, moving on. Um, I was incarcerated, and I get, I, I'm, let's not make fun of, I'm not making fun of, or la- we can laugh, but in a in, in, uh, loving, appreciative way. A lot of uh, people of another, let's say, color or movement or race would say word is born, uh, word is bond, I'm sorry. And some of them are very young, and they would just hear others say it. So they would think it's word is born, and they would say word is born, word is bond, you know. But they would say it all day long, many times, and then they would also just say for short, word, or word up, or word. Oh, well, I... I, I interpreted it as I mean I taught myself law in there so I got a half a half of an intelligence up here but I interpreted it as they would have an entire conversation for an entire day as word 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 one would say word the other would say word which they quite often did and it was just fun to witness and 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 appreciate I, I mean. I wanted to make fun of them once they didn't be realize what you sound like and, and that's not a good energy. It gets you nowhere. And I you know, worked with them some. I, I uh worked in the law library. But I just thought I, I just got a kick out of it and wanted to share it with you. Well it's how did you find out what they were trying to what they were actually intending to say? Did somebody explain it to you? No. You just no, figured, it figured it out. out? It was like an emphasis. Oh, word. Meaning, oh, oh, yeah, that was really cool what you said. Or what he said is valid. Or what he said is really happening. That's about it. But I never is, knew where just word came from. And I certainly my, heard it. My and and my, I didn't realize it. So you're saying that, that just saying word, like when people go, yeah, word, it came from word is bonds? That's fascinating. I had I, no idea. Word up, word is, but I'm not, I don't know if it did. In this case, it does. It it is, that's why I'm calling you, it's fascinating. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yep. Okay, thank you so much. I I really enjoy, I called and talked about how my father mispronounces everything. So if he would say (laughs) Datsun, I think it is Datsun, but we all called it Datsun, the car. Mm. Nissan. I, I think over the years it turned out he's right, but you know, now the two young sons are going to want to make fun of their parents. So we had fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Thank you so much for calling. And uh, again, a reminder: the number is two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. If you want to join the conversation, BAI, you're on the air. Hi. 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 It's Russ. I'm next to the Prospect Expressway Park. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I thought word Wait, park means... is one of those words. Park yeah. can mean to park a car, and it can also mean a, a place that you go walking. That's true, Lenny. But what I'm, what I'm calling about is, I, first I think word means, hey, that bears repeating. When someone says, hey, word, word up, that means, hey, what you just said is good. Now, what I want to mm-hmm. ask your guest, what I want to ask your guest is, I was taught that pronunciation is related to syllables, and so it drives me crazy. Divisive, divisive, distribute, distribute, adversary, adversary. But, you know, I thought it was for the common good to correct people. 
I have found now uh, it's rude to correct people. It's better to allow them to perpetrate and perpetuate these wrong <laughs> usages. But I'm, I'm at the same time. Now, this leads me to the second half, so bear with me. I'm expected to allow someone to jab me with a needle with a genetically modified substance that could give me an embolism all for the common good. No Fourth Amendment involved. So I'm getting back to neuro-linguistic programming. You may remember me. Uh, wear the mask to protect others. Otherwise, you're reckless and you're erring on the side of caution. Now, Cheney said that. Now, remind me, when you're erring on the side of caution, didn't that mean you couldn't, don't want to make a mistake that'll end up in a mushroom cloud? That's the fear factor. Now, my question is, is constructive shaming another form of neuro-linguistic neuro, neuro programming? Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Oh, you're hanging up. Okay, go ahead. You have any thoughts along about this? Another word that... Uh, oh. That could I, I throw in another word should, here, with with the, uh, the where the emphasis has changed? Okay, go ahead. I I'm don't sorry. think we should overcorrect people with mispronunciation. I actually agree with that. I think it's it it it's rude. A lot of times, I think we can show by example. And the other problem is, you know, in terms of uh, pronouncing things uh, across the pond, the English tend to have different emphases. Garage, garage. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it it depends on where you're from as well. And both would be considered correct, one in England and one in here. So I think it's best to kind of shut up when it comes to correcting people. But there are certain words that suddenly change. For example, uh, I always learned that there it was the Electoral College. And now almost everyone on television pronounces it Electoral College. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Cause How did that happen? How did that happen? Because it, it has happened. It's just been, I think yeah. that's a case of just pronouncing it by how you see it, and electoral sounds. But then do you get it from mayoral? Do you say mm -hmm. mayoral? I, it, that's probably I don't know how it happened, it, but it certainly has happened because it sounds like that's correct now in most people's minds. When, Not in mine. But it isn't. And that <laughs> no, that's what I'm going to sadly <laughs> No, and I think we all have our pet peeves. That one drives me up the wall personally, <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I want to say that I just started listening to this station maybe a week ago, and this is by far the most interesting uh, show I've heard so far. This is fascinating. I really enjoy this. I've done I other remember. shows I thought were pretty good. You didn't like any of those? <laughs> well, we no, weren't I, there. <laughs> I, 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 no, I like this conversation about language. I had, a, I had a coworker that her and I would go back and forth just thinking of random words we thought were interesting. So this is really fascinating. I want to ask, um, I remember hearing the phrase, uh, what is it, um, diamond in the rough, and being told that that was technically a negative thing. And I, I can't remember why, but like just listening to this show, I want to ask that. That's funny. That is interesting. Diamond in the rough, is that negative? I wouldn't think you would think of it as negative. Would you, Ross? I wouldn't automatically, but I've been guilty recently of saying things that I didn't really realize were negative. And um, so I'm going to check my little... I, I, I think diamond in the rough is a, it, it suggests that uh, this is something, or this is a person who's going to turn out pretty great, but right now we're seeing him or her in the earliest stages. 
Yeah, I'm looking at it here. The origin, they're saying here it was first uh, heard. I mean, I agree with Leonard's definition, and it was first used John Fletcher, a wife for a month in 1624. She is very honest and will be as hard cut to cut as a rough diamond. She is a diamond in the rough. But um, I'm curious. Well, I can see though the negative comes though from saying that you're not polished. I mean, literally. <laughs> so you're saying it's someone who's lacking or something that's that's lacking the finishing touches. That's not currently at the height of their potential, right? So I guess in yeah. that sense you could say it's sort of negative. But I always construed it as a positive. I, I too, guess it's I context. Thought, and given Leonard's point of context, it's true. I just saw it right here. The term is now often used to describe people at the edge of a criminal fraternity, who, Ooh. while not having committed serious crimes, really? themselves, <laughs> know that okay. That's know people term. who do, and I did Ooh. not know that. And I thank the caller Good. for giving us this, because I did not know that. <laughs> we so could be in the mob now. We know things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you have to be very careful how you use diamond in the rough, caller. Thank you so much for calling. Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. <laughs> I remember you from months ago talking about the word so, how everybody used the word so. I noticed it. They start the sentence with the word so. I did this, so, so, so. What's your explanation? So, so, so. And I noticed that it's really getting to be very routine, starting the word, your sentence with so. Yeah. So. That, yeah. Yes. And then instead of saying there's 50,000, over 50,000, they say plus, 50,000 plus or 12,000 plus, instead of saying over 12,000. I even hear Gary Null saying it, oh, using the word plus, instead of saying over 50,000. That's, that's easier to say. That's funny. I think you're, first of all, going back to the word, using the word so, starting sentences with so, you're right. Yeah. And the minute you're aware of it, you can't stop hearing it. I, you, you know what I mean? It's just like right. constant, constant, so, so, so. Uh-huh. As for using plus instead of over or instead of the number, that's an interesting, you're right. I think you hear that more. And Ross was saying before about the commoditization of language to some degree, how we're incorporating business uh, um, elements into language. And I'm wondering if that's an example of that. You know, the, the it, it really seems yeah. so to me. A, a, a lot of times that does come for business jargon. He, he's asking for 100-plus in, uh, in salary, et cetera. And I do think it does come for business. There's interesting, I'm trying to look right now to see. Right, you, you wouldn't argument. say over 100,000. I agree. I think that sounds hmm. fine. But yeah. I did hear it a lot in business and in banking, I remember in particular. 50 plus, 1,000 plus, a million plus, et cetera. I cannot find when that began to be used in general language, but I do think Kathy is right. It does stem from business. Caller, you wanted to add something? Yes, yes, yes. My my two words are draconian. I think Mm. about Count Dracula, that has something to do with that. And the other Uh word is intelligent. I hear Denzel Washington and Manchurian candidates talking about intelligence. It doesn't mean that you're intelligent. It doesn't mean information or something. Yes. Are the, are the draconian, I can answer that really quickly because Thank we're you. both Greek in background. And draconian doesn't come from that. It comes from a guy called Draco or Draco, who was an Athenian who, like, basically he became the uh, top lawyer, top ruler in ancient Athens. And basically he had a law that if you did anything, you'd be executed. So it became known as a draconian law. He's a draconian mm-hmm. person. He's very severe and pretty nasty. 
And intelligence as as, means information. Yes. Okay, okay. I understand. Thank you for your time, okay? Be well in Christ. Bye-bye. Getting back to the word so, to start off a sentence, are these fads? Do these things just come and go? Uh, I suspect that if somebody who started uh, learning how to talk in the 30s uh, heard what's going on today, they would remember all sorts of things that that are no longer said. Mm-hmm. I think to some degree they're fads. I, I, I think in the case of the word so, I mean, I'm a big Ray, Damon Runyon fan, and now I'm sort of wonder. I'm thinking a some of the way the way he writes is very very colloquial. I mean, I know it's like a, it's an exaggerated colloquial. And I'm, I'm now I'm I'm going to go back and check and see if I'm seeing so's in there because I'm hearing them in my head, but I'm not sure if they were. I think they're fads of them, but I think that you just have different. Like I think maybe we're using so now, and it used to be something else. As Ross and said, it's just part of the, the the current vernacular is your so's and your likes and your so forth. And so is a word that's interesting for another reason. It can be spelled S-E-W, and the Times recently misspelled S-O-W as S-E-W and then had to uh, delete delete it. There was an article in the Times that had, I can't remember the the phrase, but it's like sewing doubt or something. Um, Anyway, uh, that's what makes the language so much fun. Uh, we're talking with Kathy and Ross Petrus. Uh, they are our, our language experts, and they visit our show on a regular basis. You can also hear their podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. Uh, how do people access that? You can get through it um, on uh, KMUW. It's online. Mm-hmm. So you can find it on Apple Podcast, on Stitch, on uh, Google Play, and it's You're Saying It Wrong. I think it's also on NPR.com. Uh, probably so iTunes as well. Okay, well, this is, you can hear us on many different places. Uh, this is WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. You can also access us at WBAI.org. And I'm Leonard Lopate. The show is called Leonard Lopate at Large. And uh, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. I have uh, two items. The first one is the overuse of the word different. I hear a TV commercial now telling us that this product has 21 different vegetables. The mm. same thing, the sentence could be used the same way without using the word different. They have 21 vegetables. That's interesting, 21 different vegetables. Why do we need that different? You're absolutely right. It reminds me of when people say, this is the most unique. <laughs> That's another one that yes. you hear all the time now. It's like, ah, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unique means the, the is, most unique. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my other comment is about a word that I've always understood to be pronounced era, E-R-A. Lately I'm hearing it pronounced era like the so-and-so's era, and that to me, especially on radio and television, sounds like you're talking about a mistake. Mm. Yeah, like there's an era. I've, I, I, the word era, I always say era. I don't, I don't think I, I can think of, of, of myself saying it era, but you're right. You do hear era more commonly nowadays. I wonder when that started. Those are my two uh, comments. Before the Trump era. <laughs> We could take that many ways. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Should we take another call? 
Sure. sure. Okay, I hope we have more callers. Our number here, by the way, is 212-209-2877, and we're having a lot of fun talking with Kathy Petrus and Ross Petrus. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, yes, it is a lot of fun indeed. Uh, sometimes you can find out what the latest accepted usage is from Spellcheck, because uh, I wrote Deal Breaker, and it allowed it to stand as a single word instead of Deal Breaker, and there are a few Ooh. other examples. And uh, I don't know whether this has been brought up before, but uh, one of the most frequently occurring errors I see on the Internet is people using the word a lot, A-L-O-T, not realizing it's, it's not really a word, that the expression should be A space L-O-T and not a lot as one word. And I'm wondering whether... I blame the New York Times crossword puzzles for that. Oh, do you really? Oh, boy, perhaps. Yeah, because that's often wonder. the answer, a lot. A-L-O-T. The, oh, the New York wins. Times crossword puzzle has had a lot, A-L-O-T, as one word? Well, they'll say many, and then you get these, uh, you get four blanks, and it turns out oh, to that's be right. okay. A-L-O-T. <laughs> oh. yeah, that's wonder, a common, yeah. common thing, seeing a lot as yeah. one word. But then, of course, there's A-L-L-O-T. The other word that reminds me of that is all right. You see A-L-R-I-G-H-T more often. Um, I think you see that now more often than all right, A-L-L space R-I-G-H-T ah, as yes. well. I wonder whether the Oxford English Dictionary will one day come to accept A-L-O-T as a word, I guess as an adjective or an adverb, because it's been misused so frequently Maybe they'll, you know, as language evolves, sometimes they just give in to common usage. And I, I wonder if you think that might happen one day. Um, what do you think, Ross? Do you think a lot spelled A-L-O-T will end up in, um, as one word, will end up in a dictionary as a usage? What do you think? I'm curious. Actually, don't, I think we, I mean, knowing a lot of copy editors and having <laughs> them rigorously separate those two, I think that's going to stay as two words. Yeah. I don't think it's going to enter into the language. It's usually not going to be a, changes, your allotment. It usually changes yeah. much more in terms of how we speak than in how we write. Usually a lot of times writing is sort of a fossilized sort of thing. And you see, now, I'm going to disagree with you, Ross. I think they will allow it. I think it will be accepted in, in, into dictionaries because it's so prevalent now. I think that we're going to see it, I bet. We have you very heard little it here. time. We're betting on this. We have very little time. I want to sneak one more call in, but caller, you have to make it brief. BAI, you're on the quickly. air. Yes, quickly. Two things. One, the word canceled, cancellation. Is it one L or two L? They do it whichever way. Uh, the second thing is my pet peeve. I don't know if anybody talked about it. Ending a sentence with a preposition. It drives me crazy. Where are you at? That drives me absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, ending a sentence with a preposition, I don't mind, but ending a sentence so with specifically where you at drives me crazy, too, because where are you is fine, thank you. You know, yeah. you do not need it the other way. As for cancellation with one L or two, it, it should be, well, cancel, canceling is one L um, if you're American, and the British spelling is two L's. Mm -hmm. Um, much like jewelry is one L um, in, in American English and two L's in um, in um, British English. But cancellation. And some people say jewelry. Jewel yeah, they do. Some say they jewelry do. and others say jewelry. So it gets confusing. 
Yeah, because that day I'll put, you'll see canceled sometimes with two L's and sometimes with one. And on TV, yeah. same thing. <laughs> yes. So but, what is it? But, but I don't know, but I'm going to have to cancel this call. England, <laughs> but the one thing is cancellation, the word almost always has two L's. Virtually no one does with one L. The cancellation right. is both. The we have to leave it there. We have to leave it there, but I'm promising you, you're not canceled. We want you back. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy and Ross Petras, uh, you'll find their books, uh, Awkward Moments, a, a Lively Guide to 100 Terms Smart People Should Know. Uh, also, that doesn't mean what you think it means, and you're saying it wrong, all from 10-Speed Press. And you should probably check out their podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. It's always so much fun having you on the air. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Happy New Year. Yes. And happy holidays. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn, who prepared today's interview. If you're new to our program and would like to hear more, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and anywhere else that podcasts are available. And there are links to all of our past shows on our website, LeonardLocatedLarge.com. If you'd like to leave a comment about any of our shows or just want to say hello, my email address is LeonardLopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I'd like to take just a, a few minutes to ask you to support this station. We need all of our listeners who have the means to do so to step up right now and make a contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 516-620-3602 to keep the unique in-depth content that we bring you on this program coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Because WBAI relies 100% on listener donations. So if you tune in regularly to Leonard Lopate at Large, or even if you just discovered our in-depth one-hour interviews, why not go online right now to give to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602 to help keep the show and the station on the air. And to anyone and everyone who has stepped up to support uh, this station in the name of our show, our great thanks. We are off for the next few days, but I hope you'll tune in on Christmas Day when I'll be sharing some of my personal favorite holiday recordings from the golden age of black gospel. It's pretty spectacular music that doesn't get played nearly enough. So I hope you'll join us. See you then. <laughs>